Hi, welcome to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Parks, and joining me today is Heather Zeitzwolf. She is a CPA and profit advisor. She loves to do what so many of us hate, which is keeping those numbers. Now, today we are going to discuss the most important aspects of your business, and that's keeping your financial books in order. And Today, we're also going to discuss the common pitfalls that many entrepreneurs get into. She uses a no shame approach, and she's going to talk to us about why we should be paying attention to our numbers and most importantly, paying ourselves. Life is too short. Try to run a business and balance what you love. I'm your host, Brittany Parks, a former corporate marketing drone and certified life coach turned mompreneur who got fed up with the mom guilt that comes from trying to have the perfect work-life balance. Why can't we have a fit life and a fit business? I'm here to make it easier to be your own boss and enjoy your life. Tune in every Thursday for new episodes. We're going all in with interviews with industry leaders, entrepreneurs, risk takers, coaches, and side hustlers, along with solo episodes with yours truly to provide actionable tools, tactics, processes, and even case studies so you can discover how to create, maintain, and or grow a total fit lifestyle you deserve. You're listening to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. Welcome to the show, Heather. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here today. I am so excited to have you here on the show. Now, first off, I have to get right into this. Okay, guys, Heather's last name is so cool. And I have to talk about this for just a moment, for just a moment, because it is so unique. And I'd never heard of this before. And I want you guys to send me an email if you've ever heard of this before. Heather and her husband combined their last name that became their married name together. And so I am so impressed and in awe at you guys doing that and that oneness. That's such a cool thing that you guys did. So I just had to bring that up in the show. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's a mashup. And uh, my accounting business is also the same name, Zeitzwolf Accounting. And when I started my business, I didn't really realize how difficult that URL would be, but, but there it is. Without a doubt. Getting right into the show, I want to discuss with you some of the things that so many of us do that is really a huge no-no in our business. And you have a list of pitfalls that so many of us run into and we have no idea. So let's talk about some of those pitfalls. Yeah, thank you. So let's just back up and just say that I, I would imagine that most of your audience are going into business. They're very educated and they love what they do. They're super passionate. They want to help others. And unfortunately, they may not have had an education in finances. And that's one of the areas where people are afraid to ask about that. They are afraid to get help. They don't want to talk about money. They may have shame around that, some sort of stress around that whole area. So what happens is they ignore that side of their business. And unfortunately, you can only ignore it for so long before it becomes a big hot mess. <laughs> and they'll say, oh, okay, I'm going to try to do my books myself. They, and that's great. But unfortunately, bookkeeping is something that should be left to people that know what they're doing. And there are software companies out there that make it look like it's super easy to do. But unfortunately, again, you can turn it into a big hot mess very quickly if you don't know what you're doing. So just looking, just thinking that you have bookkeeping software is not going to 
help you avoid all of these pitfalls. So one of the things that I find is something that's going to mess things up is commingling their funds. Yeah, they start their business. They may not have a business banking account quite yet. So they start charging things on their personal account. Then they open up a business account, but then maybe they go to the grocery store and they're like, I need to buy some groceries. Oh, I'll just use my business account. And before they know it, these things have all commingled. And now they really don't know what their expenses are in their business. <laughs> yes. Okay. So even with that question or with that answer or with that statement, what if some of our listeners are there now? What if they are already in the process of commingling? And we've already seen, this is the start of the, the new year when the show is being recorded. But what if they've already started commingling? What do you? That's a great question. So you need to untangle that commingling and it can get tricky pretty quickly. So you would need to go back and look at all of your bank statements, credit card statements from the prior year and figure out which ones were personal and which ones were business and put the business ones in with the business and the, take the personal ones out of your business. So depending on how complex your business is, it could require that you have an accountant go through and do that. Otherwise, if you have very little transactions, it may not be that bad. But if you, a bookkeeper could help you do this by doing a journal entry, could take it out, all of that. But the best thing to do is to not get yourself into that situation. You can rectify it, like I said, but in this new year, if you've been commingling, start this new year with a business bank account and only use that account for business. And if you need to take money out of the business, do it as what they call a draw from the business. So take a certain amount, pay yourself. We wanna make sure that you're giving yourself a profit out of the business. And I would advise each month making sure that you're doing that because what happens is, we oftentimes pay ourselves last. We might have a virtual assistant that we're paying on a regular basis, but then it comes to the end of the month and there's no money and now you haven't paid yourself. That's right. another huge tip is to make sure that you're paying yourself. Yes, yes. Okay, so going back, because I love how you went back with us. And so when say we're, let's go back to first starting our business and our business is, is an infant what are some of the things that you would advise like that now be great or perfect clients for you if they kept this and did that what would be ideal for someone getting started in their business how should they set things up what are some of the things so you mentioned having that separate bank account or is there anything else that that we should be paying attention to when we first get yeah so like I mentioned, people start with a passion, this idea. Sometimes they might be like with a friend and think, oh, we're going to start a partnership together. And that in itself is another big rabbit hole that you can get into because a partnership makes it even more complex. And a partnership has to be filed separately, have its own tax return separately from your own individual return. So when you first start out, think about the long term, what it is that you want to do with your business. So you're going to get a name you're going to register that with the secretary of state it could be that you want to do an llc is it a single member llc is it going to be a partnership llc and if you're just starting out uh, like i said the partnership thing can get really complicated very quickly so i would advise talking to a lawyer talking to a cpa so don't jump into that lightly that's super important but then you're going to set it up through the secretary of state 
you can go onto the IRS website and get an EIN. That's a an employee identification, identification number. number. Yes. And you're going to take that and go to the bank and then open up a bank account under your business's name. So if you do an LLC, uh, you can do it under the LLC name. But if you're just a single member LLC, it can be under your own social security number as well. But I would advise getting that EIN because what's really important about that is when you start to hire contractors, they will have to fill out what's called a W-9. And you get that information so that you can give them a 1099 at the end of the year. So you can already tell them, saying a lot of acronyms and it gets really complicated quickly. Get some help, maybe get a book on starting a business and making sure that you're setting things up correctly. Because if you do things incorrectly, then you gotta go back and fix them and it can get ugly pretty quickly. I mentioned the Secretary of State website. You might also wanna look at the, the your state revenue website because there could be rules that you don't know about in your state. So you wanna make sure that you understand how your business is gonna be taxed in that state. So before you start running a business there, really understand what the tax implications might be. If you're running a service business, you may not have to deal with sales tax, but if you're selling products, you probably will. And just really understanding what those state nuances are because every state is different. And unfortunately that can be another thing that gets really complicated quickly is if you're starting to operate in different states. So if you hire a contractor in another, that doesn't give you what's called nexus in that state. You can have a contractor in another state and then give them a 1099. However, if you become an employer and have an employee in another state, that might mean that you have nexus in that state. And that could mean that you have to file a tax return for that other state just because you have an employee there. So knowing all these different rules is super important because you don't want to get into a situation where you get an, a nasty piece of mail from either the IRS <laughs> or your state saying that you owe back taxes around something you had no idea that you even owed taxes for. So speaking of that, you mentioned something before we started recording the show that was very insightful. So many of us have some type of affiliate program or we're earning money some type of way that's going in an automatic system. Now you were mentioning that that income going maybe straight into a QuickBook system or something like that is not necessarily always what we should be keeping up with or we're not accurate with that. Can you explain? Yeah. So when you have using something like a Stripe account, some sort of payment system, when someone does a transaction through that, Stripe will, and I'm just using Stripe as an example, it has PayPal and all these. What happens is that money gets put into your bank account, but that's after taxes and after the fees. So this is where it can get complicated because you think that you're earning a certain amount, but you've actually earned either more if there was fees or if there's tax that's been added into that looks like you've earned more. So you have to actually separate all these things and you can get, there's a special piece of software that you can get that can help you with this in QuickBooks, but just know that if you are dealing with some sort of payment a service that the numbers that come into QuickBooks or whatever accounting software that you're using may not be the true number of your sales. So it's just another thing you have to untangle now, if you've been dealing with something like that, 
at the end of the year, you do get a statement, and you can look at that statement and be able to differentiate what was the revenue, what was the fees, and what was the tax. And sales taxes, that has its own set of rules all around that, and so you should have been submitting that tax throughout the year, but let's just say you have just fees. You want to make sure that you separate the fees and have that as an expense in your books or on your tax return. So the fees are separated from the revenue. Gotcha. Okay. So this is a a very interesting question. I'm sorry about that. This is a very interesting question that I have for you. I actually had a listener send in a question and it actually was an accidental entrepreneur. And what happened was there was a particular lady that was just doing a little something here and doing a little something there. And she ended up getting a few clients and then a few more clients and she became an entrepreneur on So with that being said, she never kept anything. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. She never kept anything. So since I knew I was going to have you come on the show, I don't know if this is something that you can answer, but what do you do when you never had anything? And it's just like, you just realize, oops, I've actually started a business. Yeah. And so I know that we've discussed going back and setting it up properly and all those different things. But as far as in terms of numbers, is that something that, that she needs to go back and and figure out the same way, like how you mentioned before, or, or what do you do when something like that happens? So this is not an uncommon thing. This happens quite a lot. People will do maybe a one-off project and they may or may not get a 1099 for that project. So a 1099 is given to you if you work for somebody and you made $600 or more and it wasn't paid by credit card. So you may or may not get a 1099. You still have to report that income regardless if you did a 1099 or not. But I would go back, if I was working with a client that was in this position and I have before, I'd go back and look at all of their deposits from the various work that they did. And you wanna see if you can find some expenses that are associated with that because what's gonna happen is you're If you don't have any expenses with this income, then you're going to be paying tax on that full amount. So go back and see, did you buy a laptop for this work? Did you have a home office? Figure out all the different things that maybe you can, maybe you can use some of your cell phone expense for this business. Go back and look at what expenses you have that were associated with this business that you can deduct because that's super important. So it's not just finding all of the income associated with it, but you want to find the expense because what's going to happen is you're going to put this on your tax return and you're going to have to pay self-employment tax on this. And that so you want to make sure that you're not paying self-employment tax on that full income if you do have expenses associated with that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yes. So I hope that you can find all of your expenses that are out there. Cause I'm sure you have plenty. <laughs> if you're listening to the show now, that was great advice. Thank you so much, Heather. Now, another question that I think that is very important that we all really, that so many of us have is that we feel like we cannot hire a CPA because we can't afford one. What do we do? Is that true? Can we truly not afford one? Or what, what is your take on that? I guess it depends on how much that CPA is charging you. But I, I would say that the first line of defense would be to hire a bookkeeper. So a bookkeeper can at least help you get your books in order. And then you would know, okay, when I go to my tax preparer, if you do it through, do your taxes online yourself, through one of those services that 
at least you can have confidence in the numbers that you're putting into there. If you don't work with a bookkeeper, then you wouldn't really know for sure if you're reporting the right numbers, unless you've been able to really keep good books. So uh, some people can do it on their own, but if you can't afford a CPA, at least get a bookkeeper to look at, look over it maybe once a year if at the bare minimum, but I would say on a quarterly basis, that's the best way to go. And also, if you're not keeping your books, then you really don't know how much money that you're making in your business. You don't know how profitable you are, so you wouldn't know if you can afford a CPA or not. A CPA would be able to give you some advice as far as maybe ways to save tax in the future. They'd be able to tell you what your estimated taxes are going to be for the following year. So it's really important to send in estimated taxes. That, that's another area to um, make sure that you are paying taxes throughout the year. A lot of people forget about that. So that is another <laughs> expense that you're going to have. And so if you can't afford a CPA, definitely hire a bookkeeper and at least work with somebody that knows that they can actually talk to you about what's going on in your business, not just doing your books and handing them over to you. Because a lot of times people don't even know how to read a balance sheet, a profit and loss. And you really want someone that can walk you through that and explain to you what those numbers mean. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I think that's so important because so many of us, if we are working with a bookkeeper, we just dump everything once or twice a year and then just, okay, that's it. There's no other knowledge <laughs> and the profit and loss, a true return on investment is not there because is I believe that a lot of us don't fully understand our ROI. We believe that we know, but if we don't have all of the information that comes from maybe a bookkeeper or a CPA, that we could be leaving money on the table, like you mentioned, or we could be making some huge mistakes that we don't want to have. So what are some of the things that you would suggest to someone who is working in their business and they want to hire someone, but they're not sure if they can afford someone on a long-term basis. Because the thing is we can have a need and we may have a little bit of budget, but do you have anything that you provide or that you give that kind of, that's like a rule of thumb. If you can do this and you do that, then yeah, you can hire someone. Yeah. So I really like to look at the numbers, of course, I'm a nerd that way, but I would recommend if you're in that situation where you want to hire someone, maybe it's a contractor or a full-time employee in your business, that take a look, and you're going to have clean books to do this, but take a look at your profit and loss. And I would advise when people have different revenue streams that you keep these separate so you can see how profitable you are in your different revenue streams. And then look at the expenses associated with that those revenue streams. And that will give you your profit margin. So depending on what area this person is going to help you with, you would see, okay, do you have uh, enough of a profit margin to hire this person to help you in that area? Now, you might want to look at another thing is you, if you are going to hire them as an employee, think about not only is it paying them their wages, but you also have to pay tax. And then you might also have to pay benefits as well. Examine if you can afford all these different things. I have a calculator that I give out to my clients that will calculate all this information when they think it's time to hire an actual employee. But really look at your different revenue streams. You also might want to look at how the cycles in your business to see when it might be applicable to hire somebody. So again, you need to have good books to do this, 
But a profit and loss, when you're just looking at the numbers, doesn't really tell you a whole lot. But when you start comparing it to quarter, month to month, year to year, you can start seeing trends that are happening in your business. You might have like quarter two might be always the better quarter for you. Maybe that's the time that you can bring in somebody that you can afford Mm. to do that. But without really looking, again, it's a kind of a reactive because you're looking back at things and you're trying to be proactive. I would look back at the past and then start to look at the future. Do you intend to have, do you think that you're going to have a program that maybe you'll earn 10% more in revenue? Then you can crunch those numbers and see, can I, if I do that, can I afford to bring this person on? But you have to be able to have the data to really know what's going on. So that way you can look back and then look towards the future. I think that's a great way of doing it because a lot of times it's like, Hey, if I hire someone, if, if I sell so many widgets, then yes, I can automatically afford to hire them, but we're not thinking about the taxes. We're not thinking about some of the other things that may come along, maybe training or any other things that may have, have more cost to it. And I think that's definitely a great approach. So you have given us some of the pitfalls that that many of us have had in our having in our business is there anything that you think that anything else that you think that maybe we're missing as entrepreneurs or maybe even a skill set that we should have yeah so one is learn how to read a profit and loss that is super important because a lot of entrepreneurs they just look at their bank balance maybe they go to the atm and they'll look at their balance and they're like oh yeah okay I, yeah great in the bank, I'm set. But they forget that maybe they have to pay a vendor or pay a contractor or something the very next day and that money is gonna be gone. So you really wanna be able to look at your numbers on an ongoing basis. If you're somebody that doesn't like to look at a profit and loss statement, then maybe implement something where it's a dashboard so you can see where your revenue is at every day and what your expenses are it, it would be just a visual representation so you can see it but knowing that your bank balance does not equal where you're at in your business it's not your net income and you might I, i've had clients where they come to me and they're like i don't have anything in the bank how could i possibly owe taxes so you did make money in your business and you just have to take it out so <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> really understanding that and find someone that can help you if you feel like you can't afford to work with a bookkeeper or a CPA, then there are so many, now everything is based online, but there are small business associations that are local associations that have mentors that can help you. So they can, they'll they'll match you up with somebody that has been through, gone through the ropes and they can help you out, answer your questions. I would say find some support system where you can go and ask people questions. So there's great Facebook groups. I've got a Facebook group for female entrepreneurs. It's called Get the Balance. You can join my Facebook group and ask me questions, but have a support system where you can uh, ask people. You might be afraid to ask other people. We're all entrepreneurs. We're all going through the same thing. We all have similar questions. So make sure that you get support and also accountability. Yes, yes, that is huge, that accountability. And that is one thing that you offer, correct? You are you also help with that accountability within your program. Yes, I do. Yeah, so I have different programs. I have some group programs. I've got one-on-one. And then for like ongoing, I offer I offer book like a bookkeeping package for 
my clients and that comes with advice advising on a quarterly basis or we can do it on a monthly basis depending on what package but yeah so it's not just i just I meet, I sit down and I go over things and I have certain clients that want to do profit first. So I set them up with profit first or however that they, whatever works for them. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know what, Heather, you have been a wealth of knowledge and I know people are listening to, especially that last little bit and they want to work with you more. Where is your favorite place to hang out? We're going to have all your information in the show notes, but what's your favorite place to hang out? I'm usually on LinkedIn, but I'm on Instagram. It's my last name. It's at Zeitzwolf, which is a little bit complicated, but I do have links on Linktree, Get the Balance, which is named after my podcast. And on there, you can find links to my free workshops that I have. I've got a meetup that happens on the fourth Monday of every month for female entrepreneurs. And we usually have a guest speaker and So you can find me there. You can find me on Facebook at Get the Balance. Like I mentioned, that's my Facebook group. So yeah, find me on all the socials. I'm just not on Twitter or TikTok. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the show and bringing so much value. Thank you so much. It's really really been fun. As always, thanks for listening. And if you got value out of the show, please show us some love and rate us by going to ratethispodcast.com backslash Total Fit Boss Chick. You're listening to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. Bye for now.